21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. So one of my earliest memories that, that I can remember is laying awake at 5 a.m. on a Monday morning in my bed. I was in second, third grade at this time. And the reason that I was lying awake is I didn't want my mom to come in and wake me up because I knew what was waiting for me when I got to school. I was blessed with a home that was great. It was a safe place, but school was not as safe. And in Iowa, where I grew up, in the early 80s, being able to play kickball on the recess field at lunch was life. It was huge, that was so important. And I was told that I couldn't play. It wasn't that I was picked last, and I, because if I was picked last, that would have been okay. I could have worked through that. But I wasn't picked at all, and I was told why. I was told I wasn't good enough. I was young for my class. I was a little husky, a little rough around the edges. I wasn't very coordinated, but all I wanted to do was have the chance to play because if I did, I knew that I could show them I was good enough. So on the sideline of that recess kickball field in second or third grade, I remember making a pact with myself and that pact was that I would be so freaking good at everything that I ever did that no one would ever not pick me. That's a dangerous thing to say to yourself at that age because what it led to was a relentless striver who nothing was ever good enough for me. Nothing was good enough through high school. Nothing was good enough through college. After college, I went to dental school and it wasn't good enough that I was in the top 15 in my class. I had to be in the top 10 in my class. After I got done with that, uh, when I was a practicing dentist, nothing was good enough. So I had to get two advanced degrees. I started with running. 5Ks became 10Ks, half marathons, marathons. I started with a triathlon. I did that all the way through the Ironman distance. And in the meantime, oh, by the way, I started feeling burnout. I didn't know that's what it was at the time, but it was obvious it was going to happen now that I look back on it. I was going 100 miles an hour. There was a time in my life where I had just purchased my dental practice from my dad, so I was dealing with that. I was starting to be the owner of the practice. I was building a new building, and I was trying to oversee all of that. At the same time, I was training for two Ironman triathlons, and I was on three boards, and I was coaching both of my kids in soccer. And obviously, as I look back on that now, I think, Eric, that was ridiculous. 
That was way more capacity than anyone could handle, but it was kind of a slow boil that got me to there. I would add one thing and then another thing and then another thing. And unfortunately, what I also added as I wasn't sleeping, I was redlined with stress all the time. I started feeling chest pain. I started feeling having heart palpitations and I started dealing with panic attacks, something that I would not wish on my worst enemy's worst enemy. It was brutal and it wasn't actually until I started getting a hold of understanding what was going on, but I was a slow learner. It didn't, I didn't understand uh, the burnout the first time. Uh, it wasn't even the second time. It was finally the third time that I struggled with severe burnout that I actually was within two months of selling my dental practice and walking away. So what happened then, I was working on a deal to sell my practice because I figured the only way out of this was to get out of my career. And so what I did, I had this, this deal in place. And then on a Monday morning, January 18 of 2021, my associate in my practice, who was going to buy the dental practice from me, was in a horrific car accident on his way to work. And what happened then is I was not, uh, it just wasn't going to work out. I wasn't going to be able to, he survived, but I wasn't going to be able to, uh, to go through with, uh, with this transaction. And so there I was facing this brick wall that I had to go through. So I was trying to go around my burnout, trying to go around the problem. I was trying to escape. I felt, oh man, this is just killing me and I just need to get away from it. But had I done that, my problems would have followed me. So that's what led me to knowing I needed to do something else with my life in addition to dentistry. Selling my practice would have been the biggest mistake that I made because I just would have been running from my problems. So that's when I knew, Martin, that something needed to change. So I achieved everything that I ever set out to achieve. I was able to do that. I achieved getting through dental school. I achieved getting my advanced degrees. I achieved owning my practice, building a new building, growing my practice, having a team of almost 20. I achieved all those things. Running, triathlon, all of those things, I achieved them and then I was in Colorado because I was going to do the Leadville 100 mountain bike race, which if you don't know about that, it's 100 miles of mountain bike riding all above 9,500 feet. So we get all the way up to 13,000 feet on a bike. It's The air is really thin, super tough. But we drove out there to Colorado and we drove out on a Tuesday. 
And Wednesday morning, uh, we decided to do what all idiots from Iowa who live at 900 feet of elevation do, and that's you get up in the morning and try to see the sunrise at the top of a 14er. So we decided to get up after driving the whole day in this rental RV. We hiked up uh, Mount Princeton. I was in the best shape of my life. I basically ran up that mountain. I had been training so hard for this big mountain bike race. And so I stood at the top of that mountain as I waited a little bit for my brother-in-law to catch up to me uh, while we were up there. And I looked around and sometimes you just have that moment of clarity, right? So you're standing there and something just hits you like right in your chest, like deep in your soul. And what hit me there was, was this phrase. If you don't know why you're climbing the mountain, you are not going to find the answer at the top. And what was so huge about that is I had been climbing every mountain I could possibly find. I had been striving and chasing and hiking and climbing and all of this. And I'd achieved everything that I wanted to. But the reality is I didn't know why I was doing it. I was achieving just for the sake of achieving. So what I learned in that moment, I had full confidence that I was going to do great in that bike race. And I did. But I also knew that crossing the finish line was not going to mean what I thought it was going to mean. And so I finished the race. I did cross the finish line. The part that meant the most to me is as I was crossing the finish line, uh, my son, who was about 12 years old at the time, he ran across the finish line with me. And of the whole 10-hour race, that was the only part that truly had significance to me. So in that moment, I was cured, as I say, of endurance racing. I didn't need to keep chasing that because I was only chasing that to keep, a ch to keep chasing it. So I really started to go to work on my why. I started to go to work on, okay, what's my purpose? What am I trying to achieve here? What am I, how am I going to find fulfillment in these achievements? Because there would always be another mountain. There would always be another thing to chase. And if I didn't get that settled as to why I was doing that, then I was going to spend the rest of my life running myself into the ground, trying to chase these things that, that really didn't have the meaning that I thought they were going to. So here I was not knowing what I was supposed to do with my life and still facing this level of burnout. Actually, it was it was so bad right when COVID hit. My family and I were supposed to go on a vacation to Spain. We were going to stay in a villa right on the Mediterranean Sea. We were going to just uh, experience this amazing scenery and get to enjoy all this. And it was there was a lot of pressure on it because my son was graduating from high school and I felt like the walls were closing in. Felt like we didn't have much time, so we had to make the most of the time that we had. Well, that all got canceled. And so here I was, my dental practice was closed. We didn't get our vacation. My son was graduating from high school, all of these things. So I needed to do something different. And I knew in my mind that my head was just spinning with what to do and worry and all of these things. So I made what for me was a really bizarre commitment. 
I committed to 30 minutes of quiet a day. I really at the time didn't know why I was doing it other than I needed to try to slow my brain down. Day one, I failed miserably. I looked at my watch probably 46 seconds into that half hour thinking, boy, I gotta be getting close, right? Because it was so foreign for me to sit in quiet. And I'm guessing I'm not the only one. You can cert anyone else can raise their hands here. No one will know that you do, but it's okay because that's, that's what we are and that's what we do. So I committed to that time in a time that there was so much uncertainty. In my dental profession, there were so many webinars about infection control and coming back to work and PPP loans and all of this crazy stuff. There was so much noise. And in the midst of that, I found quiet. And by the time I got to the third or fourth day, my body and my mind were craving that quiet. And what I found in listening to that is I had spent a lot of my life in one of two places. I was either stuck in the past or I was worried about the future. I realized that I was stuck in the past because I was still trying to prove myself to those bullies who had moved on from me 35 years ago. And I was worried about the future. What was next? I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't like where my life was at. I was, I was burned out. I was torched, fried, crispy, whatever term you want to use. And so what I realized in that time was I was missing the one thing that was guaranteed. The thing that was right in front of me, and that is the now. I was in the past, in the future. I wasn't in the now. So that's where when the now was born. And what when the now says is that the one thing that's guaranteed is the moment right in front of us. So Martin, right now for us, the now is this podcast episode. It's us having a great conversation and adding value to your listeners. And I would like to think that it's going to provide some hope for some people who are struggling in this same space in their lives. And so I decided that there was a reason that I had gone through everything I had gone through. There was a reason I'd gone through the burnout, why I'd figured out that at the top of the mountain wasn't what I was looking for. And the purpose in all of that was to help other people on their journey as they went through that. So in the past couple of years since that has happened, I am engaged in my own life. I am an active participant in my own life. I'm not, I still struggle with it. I still can drift to worry about uh, the future stuck in the past. I can still drift to those places. But when I do, I remind myself that I'm not living in the current moment. Sometimes I have to say to myself quietly, I am here, right here, right now. I have to bring myself back into that current moment because it's still easy to get stuck in those places. But now because of the when the now concept, I'm able to help people who are on their burnout journey. I'm able to help people who don't, may, maybe they've achieved everything in their life that they have tried to achieve and it's feeling hollow. Maybe they don't feel, know what the next mountain they're supposed to conquer is. Maybe they don't know what the next step is that they're supposed to take. And that's where I'm able to come alongside people and help them on their journey to discover a life that they don't want to wake up from, a life that they don't have to have a vacation from, a life where they feel hope and belief that good days are ahead. And it starts with just taking a few simple steps to get into that space of the now of the present moment. 
I've been in seminars, I've, I've listened to podcasts, I've done all of those things where I, I hear this great idea and then I think, okay, uh, I have all this momentum, all this energy, it's, uh, okay, what do I actually do? Well, here's the thing. So I tried to go around my burnout and in January of 21, when my associate was in his car accident and I was face to face with the fact that I'm not getting any help. I'm just not. I'm here in this space. My plans have completely fallen apart. There are two of us dentists in a three dentist practice, and we got to figure out how to do this. And so we did. We figured it out. I pouted for a little bit, which I think we all do when the world falls apart. Um, but I couldn't do it for very long because there was work to do and we had to crank. But what I realized is something had to change. And I also realized that stepping away was going to be a terrible idea. So what happened is I was able to, through a series of events, I was able to find a partner in my dental practice. So instead of walking away, I got some help. And it's been amazing because I've been able to step back from some of my clinical responsibilities at the office. So I now see patients three days a week and I'm able to do success coaching and speaking and workshop facilitation on the other two days. Uh, and it's great. And I get to work with people who are in the same boat with me. Uh, one of my, uh, one of my favorite stories with uh, a client is, uh, is someone who is in healthcare. Uh, and this person was an entrepreneur running their own business. Uh, and it's easy as an entrepreneur to feel like you are an island, to feel like you have to be everything to everyone uh, and to feel that boy it's really lonely at the top and I have to do I have to do all these things for all of my people all of my patients and it can be this crushing burden and in the meantime looking at the numbers and being obsessed with the numbers and all of those things and we talked about it we said so so why why are the numbers so important and yes, numbers are important in business, but numbers had, had, had kind of become this idol that that was the entire focus. So what we did is we stepped way back, back to why my client, my ally, why they were pushing so hard. Uh, what was their purpose in their business? What were they hoping to achieve? And we got really clear on that. And then from there, we got to some habits that can help break that everything to everyone paradigm that we struggle so much with as entrepreneurs. We got to get into, we asked some questions like, what are the most important parts of your job to you? What are your favorite parts of your job? And how can we lean into that and help you do more of that? And slowly, it was amazing to see the focus drift away from the numbers and more into impact, which is what we're all here for. We're all here in this world to make a difference, to make an impact. We're all here to, uh, we have this amount of time that we're here on the earth and how can we make a difference that is disproportionate to who we are? And so we got really clear on that. And now we've been working together for about two years and I see a different person when I walk into that clinic. I see a person who is at peace with who they are, at peace with what they're trying to do. No less driven, 
but just knowing why they're driven. And it, it feels so good because that's my story. I don't work less hard than I used to, but I am so purposeful in the work that I do. People look at me and say, why would you step away from dentistry? Why would you cut back in that? You just could have, you could have run through your career, had a nice life, all of that. And I say, when the burden of a story that you have is so strong that you can't not share it with other people, then the last thing you want is to lay on your deathbed someday and say, I didn't share this story. So I love that story with my with my client. I love how we've been able to help with that. Uh, and so I want to share one more story. Last week, I, I did my last workshop facilitation of the year, and I went into a group of entrepreneurs. There were 12 entrepreneurs in the room. And it was amazing to start having this conversation about living present in our lives, about being worried about the past, uh, stuck in the past, worried about the future. And I could just see light bulbs come on as they realized the burden of trying to be everything to everyone, as they realized the burden of trying to have all the answers when you actually have a team that can help you. We're so fortunate in our that we have people that work for us. And we have people that we hired for a reason. How can we tap into their potential to make it so we're not alone at the top? So these are the kind of things that I love to do. These are the kind of groups that I love to work with. Um, I'm a, I have a huge passion for entrepreneurs because that's what I am. I'm definitely an entrepreneur and I know what it's like to manage people. I know what it's like to do that. And, and even more, I also know what it's like to figure out what my favorite part of my job is and to really lean into that and to do as much of that as I possibly can. It's a great way to push back burnout. I believe in having an impact. And I think that's clear from what I've said so far. But one of the ways that I have an impact is through service. So I use the God-given talents that, that I've been given through dentistry to be able to go into other countries and do dental mission trips uh, for, for those who can't afford a dentist, for those who don't have access to that. And there was actually a time where I felt like that's what I was supposed to do with a great portion of my time. I've since stepped back from that, but service is huge. Uh, and I am currently on a board for a group called Many Hands. And Many Hands is doing ministry in Haiti and in Abaco in the Caribbean, in the Bahamas. And what we're doing in those places is we have a first thousand days program where we're helping kids in the first thousand days of their life, uh, feeding them, giving them some family programs so that their brain development can start to happen early on in life. And Haiti's a crazy place, but the, the ministry continues. And we're so thankful that it's able to continue there. We're also doing ministry in Abaco, which is an island that was decimated by Hurricane Dorian several months before COVID hit. So they had a double whammy. They had a horrible hurricane 
and then COVID hit. So everybody kind of stepped back because the world came to a screeching halt during COVID. So we're going in there and we're helping to uh, rebuild a community center. Uh, we've been able to lease an amazing property where we're able to have teams come down and learn how to not only serve, but learn how to impact uh, other people around them. So we come back, we have a curriculum that we that we do, we do service projects, and we also have people learn more about themselves, what their strengths are. How can they impact their own communities when they come back after this trip? Because we want to multiply impact. It's one of the biggest things that we want to do. And that's one of the themes for my life is I want to be able to multiply impact. I want to be able to make a difference for the world through my God-given gifts and abilities that is utterly disproportionate to who I am. That is my why. That is my set in stone, chiseled in the rock. That is the one. And that will look at like different things in different parts of my life. But in this season of my life, that is bedrock truth. And that's what I'm going for. So it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. Uh, my website is just my name, ericrecker.com. And when you go to my website, there will be a pop-up for a free five-day knockback burnout challenge. Because burnout is a, it's a slippery slope. It's a big scale. There are people who are a little bit burned out, and then there are people who where I was, where I was with the panic attacks, the palpitations, all of that kind of stuff. So this is a way, an easy, no obligation way to just dip your toes into it and say, I might be struggling with burnout. I think I should take a look to look at this. So to just be a series of emails that will help you with some steps that you can do to push back that hold that burnout has in your life. On my website, there's also links to my success coaching. There's links to me uh, coming in and speaking to your group or organization uh, about how we can have that impact, how we can loosen that hold of burnout and believe that good days are ahead. Also through there, there's a way to contact me. Uh, I'm a big relationship guy, so I, I love to have conversations. I love to see what I can do to help you on your journey. Uh, also links to my social media channels in there. Uh, and I would I would just love to have a conversation. And, and I definitely like to leave you with this. Uh, you're not too far gone. You're not. I don't know what your story of burnout is, but there is hope. Don't journey alone. Reach out to somebody, whether it's me or whether it's somebody else, and let someone else help you on your journey so you don't feel like you have to climb the mountain by yourself. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Imagine a space where triumphs, trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast, a gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskorik, connecting with listeners in 95 countries. 
and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective, and embark on the path to success.